Welcome, friend, to the Souls Outreach Ministry. This is Apostle Marcus Stevenson Sr. coming to you tonight. Honestly, we're so glad and so thankful of God that each and every one of you would take this opportunity in this moment to listen to the word of the Lord tonight. I pray that the word of the Lord be a blessing to you tonight, and we want to encourage all of our listeners and partners in the ministry. Please continue to be a support to this ministry. Continue to pray uh, for the body of Christ uh, continue in God's grace and in his mercy. We are just, we, are just, we, we just thank God for such an opportunity to be able to come to you on these Saturday nights, to be able to minister to you the word of the Lord. And we want to say thank you very, very much to each and every one of you that take this time and this opportunity to listen to the word of the Lord. And we just pray that this broadcast has been a blessing to you, and I pray it continue to be a blessing to you. You know, I'm so excited about the fact as uh, as we read things out of the scripture, how that um, we continue to grow. We continue to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, that's a very, very um, important thing for each and every one of us to have a mind and a heart to grow to grow in the Lord. And uh, and we want to see God's people continue to grow in his grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Very, very, very important, dearly beloved. And so we want to say to each and every one of you, uh, keep an open mind to whatever the Lord is trying to say to you. I'm, I'm here to tell you truly as a pastor, as a man of God, that God is not trying to bring you into condemnation. God is not trying to bind you up. Actually, God is only trying to free you. So God wants to make you free. And the Bible says, whom the Son of Man make free is free indeed. So I know that the Lord wants to make you free. And uh, what's any greater in this day and time than to have freedom in Christ Jesus? Knowing that you don't have to live a life feeling guilty, you don't have to feel a life feeling like in bondage, uh, feeling like you're some slave. No, you don't have to live a life like that. And I know that the, the enemy would certainly love for many of you all to feel like that's the way God wants you. But that's not true. That's not what God wants. Jesus, when he came into this earth, he came into this earth and he came into this earth. We know he all gave his life. For our sins and the whole purpose was was to give us the authority in his name to be able to be delivered from the power the power the power and the dominion of sin and satan himself the tempter our great tempter adversary the one that always seeking to draw god's people into a place with many temptations many snares and traps that the enemy has set for you but we pray that the Lord of the word of God will open and clarify some things in your mind that will free you from so much condemnation that the enemy tries. And uh, dear beloved, I believe the more we do understand the word of God, actually the power that you have. God is not like he's some God a long, far ways away from you. Actually, God is nigh you. He's even in your mouth, the word of faith. Paul said, which we preach. Now, we preach faith and justification by Jesus Christ. He's the one that justifies us. And so therefore, if he justifies us, he sanctifies us. If he sanctifies us, then therefore he will certainly glorify us. So I'm going to talk to you tonight, very shortly here, about not having our own righteousness. Now, when I'm talking about our own righteousness, I'm talking about Righteousness, you know, back we see a lot in the Old Testament, and it's, it's happening today, too. Many people fail to realize that it's what Jesus done that make us righteous. It's what we believe that he done that make us righteous. It's not based upon our works. It's not based upon our great performances. It's what Christ done. It's what makes us righteous. I'm made the righteousness of God by faith in Jesus Christ, by faith in what he done, the finished work of Jesus. Now, I want you to notice something. Jesus didn't come and just partly do something. He came and he finished the work that the Father gave him to do. And when, his, when it was finished, he said, now it's finished. 
everything that the father had gave him to do, Christ fulfilled it by doing it. Now, that was so we can have justification by faith in him. See, it's really not hard as many times we have made it many times over the years and through our lives. It's really not hard to be saved or to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior because it's all based upon believing what he done. Once you believe what he done, he's the one that makes you righteous. You're not righteous because you uh, you're not really even righteous because you fasted longer than somebody else and all of this. You know, a lot of people make themselves righteous. And actually, that is our own righteousness. It's, it, I mean, it's nothing wrong with it. We should fast. But what I'm saying, it's not make us righteous because I did something so much more than so. I'm righteous because of what Jesus done. And he made me the righteousness of God by faith in him. I'm not righteous because I go to church all the time. And um, I go to church more than somebody else. No, that's not so much what make me righteous. What make me righteous is when I put my faith in what Christ done for me. Then Christ frees your mind from all the guilt, sin, and condemnation that the enemy would love for you to be into. So I'm going to talk about a little of that tonight. Because I know more than, I guess, just as much as anyone else would think or feel that most of any child of God, if you're truly seeking God, what are you seeking him for? Or what is the whole plan? What's the purpose? I believe that most of us came to God because we wanted to be free, free from sin. It's not that everybody has sin. The Bible says over in the book of John, I believe the Southern Church, they'll say, you know, if any man say he have a sin, uh, then he he's a liar because we all have sinned. And we all came short of the glory of God. But through Jesus Christ and through faith in him and what he done justifies us today to be righteous with God and frees us from sin. If Jesus had been, you know, if he had wanted sin to rule or reign over our lives or over our mortal bodies, then he, certainly he never would have came and defeated the one that had the power of death, which was the devil. So therefore, he defeated the enemy that had power over there, which was the devil. And Jesus rose again and he rose again for our justification. So Christ wants you to be justified by faith. And I want you to catch that in your mind, your heart and your spirit. It's by faith that you're justified to be at peace with God through Jesus Christ. It's faith. It's faith what makes you whole. You know, Jesus oftentimes prayed for some people and he tell them, a uh, woman or man, thy faith has made you whole. It's what you believe. Many of them can come to Jesus and say, Lord, look at me. I've been so much greater than everybody else. I've done things. And, and Lord, you certainly owe me something. No, they believe that by faith in Jesus, this man can make me whole. And that's what I want you to know tonight. Having faith in God will make you whole. Having faith in God will deliver you. It will make you free. Free you from condemnation, guilt, and sin. No matter how messed up our lives been, Christ comes to make you free. But it's faith. It's, you got to have faith and believe that Jesus, you've done all this work and you went through all these things for me. You shed blood for the remission of my sins that I no longer have to be bound by the power and the dominion of sin, our death, our hell, or the grave. It has no dominion, no power, because Christ Jesus justifies his people by their faith. Let's go over to the book of uh, Romans, the fifth chapter first. And we'll take a little time and, and, and we'll talk on Romans, the fifth chapter first. Here. The fifth chapter in the very first verse is where are we coming from right now because what we want people to begin to understand i do believe that god wants us to enjoy life and enjoy salvation when i say enjoy i mean enjoy without feeling every time i do something i move or every time I've got to feel like I'm always in some kind of guilt trip or in some kind of bondage. I definitely would never want to make people feel guilty 
Sin is the only thing when we don't believe in Christ Jesus and let Christ justify is the only thing that can bring you to a true guilty conscience. But Christ Jesus actually comes to make you free. He didn't come to bring you into bondage. He come to free you from bondage. When God even sent Moses down into the land of Egypt, he sent him down into the land of Egypt uh, to make to tell Pharaoh to let his people go, that his people might serve him because they weren't free to serve him. Well, Jesus today wants us to serve him and want us to be free to serve him. Some of the biggest fights that people are having is mind battles, the battle of the mind. The mind battles is one of the things. There are so many things every time you look around, something always wants to make you feel condemned. But Christ didn't come to make you feel condemned. But many times we feel condemned because we don't really understand Christ. We think it's I got to perform uh, a certain way that maybe somebody else think I ought to perform in order for me to be saved. But that's the wrong way because that would always keep you into condemnation. Now, let's read from Romans 5 and 1 first, and then we'll then we'll go on from there to some other verses. But the Bible says in verse 1, therefore being justified. So I want you to keep that in mind. Therefore being justified by faith. Now, faith is what justifies you. It's, if you notice something, he didn't say because you did this or you did that, that justifies you. But he says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have what? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if we notice something else, we have peace with God. And how do we have that peace with God? Through Jesus, because it's what Jesus done for us that bring us to a place to have peace with God. And it's all because of faith. We fight and we wrestle in our minds so hard and we struggle so much here because we're trying to do, God, I need to do everything I can so God, you won't, you be pleased with me, that you ain't angry with me. And, and on all God wants you to do is just have faith in God. You know, and this is what Jesus tells us many times and he told his own disciples, he said, just have faith in God. Because he was trying to, find so many ways and we seek to find so many ways how that I want God to really appreciate me because I did this or I did that and I, I performed, uh, performed the best I could. And then sometimes we still feel guilty and you have to wonder why is that? Why is that? Because we have to realize you have to have faith in God. Even if when a person come and, and give himself to the Lord, no matter what's been in the past, how do they get free? By having faith in God. They have faith in what Christ done. Therefore, they feel justified by faith. And they feel peace with God through Jesus. Because they're looking at what Jesus done, not what they done. It's not our righteousness. That's why I says, uh, of, of, you know, not uh, according to our own righteousness. You know, it's not our righteousness, but it is the righteousness of God that makes us righteous. And the righteousness of God came through Jesus Christ. That's what Christ done. And I won't, I, I keep going over this because I certainly want this to finally get in and sink into the minds of people. It's not having my own righteousness. It's the righteousness of God that come by faith. That's why faith is so important to bring us into a right standing with God, because I believe what Jesus done. Just like you just have to believe that I'm healed. I believe that the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all unrighteousness. You're not clean because your fellow man or your best friend may think the best of you or they or you got to do everything to prove that. No, it's what Christ done. It's not seeking to try to please everybody. It's about what Christ done is what makes you righteous with God. And the most important thing is to know, sure, we want people to believe in us. We want people to trust in us. But the most important thing is, is we want to know that I'm in a right standing with God because I believe what Jesus says. I believe if he says, I'm the Lord thy God that healeth thee. 
I'm the Lord thy God that forgiveth thee, I'll forgive thee of all of thy sins, all thy trans. You have to believe that by faith, and you have to believe that I'm justified by faith to have peace with God. It's not that you can ever work good enough or do enough to feel like I'm righteous enough because that it can never come that way. It's all got to come by faith, not by works. Now, under the Mosaic law, under the Mosaic law, they had they had works, they had moral laws. And they had ceremonial laws. So therefore, under the works of the law, they did many, many, many performances by the works of the law. So therefore, that was in that dispensation and in that time. Well, in, in now in Christ, Christ was the end of the law of righteousness to, to under that ceremony and Mosaic law back then. Christ is the end of righteousness to, to them that believe. He was the end of the law, I mean. He was the end of the law. And now we're made the righteous of God through Jesus Christ. And I pray that many of us get this because you become more freer and, and able to do uh, and let God use you other than feel like because, God, I got to be a certain somebody or I got to come from a certain group of people. I got to No, it's all about one thing putting your faith in God and not living a life of condemnation, guilt, because that's what the enemy wants people to live under a spirit of guilt and condemnation. Now, let's listen to this very careful. He said, therefore, being justified by faith, we have, we have, notice something, we have, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? He's our Lord and Savior. That's who Jesus is. He's our Lord and he's our Savior. And through him, we have peace with God because we put faith in what Christ done, not faith in what we've done. Not any of us can boast of ourselves. Well, I did this and I did this. That's why I'm so righteous. No, we put faith in what he done for us. We trust the fact that if I come to him by faith, I believe what Christ done for me. Therefore, he frees me from the guilt sin and condemnation and that's what the enemy don't want god's people to come to certain knowledges that they know they know how to serve god and know how to yield to the holy spirit and not have what we would say our own righteousness which is only of the law but the righteousness which is by faith which is in jesus christ see the righteousness of God is by faith that was in Jesus. Under the old dispensation and under the old code, they was righteous according to the law. They had works to do. And they did those works, which was only a shadow, a shadow of the good things to come. The law was only a shadow of good things to come. But when the good thing to come, which was Jesus Christ coming, and I'm here to tell you, then if you notice some the shadow the shadow never is greater than the substance. So as Christ came and set, set, gave us all opportunity and life through him, died for all of our sins, now we're made the right God just by having faith in him. And I hope many of y'all catching this. Just by having faith in him. Not in ourselves, not because, you know, what somebody else think about it or how somebody else feel about you. None of that stuff. Christ come to make you free and give you peace with God through Jesus. All you have to do is believe it. Just believe what he's done. Now, listen very, very careful. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Now, access is just like knowing this is, a way, this is the way. I have access by faith. In other words, I, as many times I've gone fishing and now Look at our seal sign and say access to the lake. That means it's telling me this is the way to the lake. This is the way I can get to the to this particular lake. And so therefore I have access to that. Now you have access by faith into this grace. Now it's all by the grace of God, but God has given us access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. That's a great privilege to know. And one of the reasons why God wants us to have this knowledge and this understanding, so we no longer think it's by any, anything of ourselves that we have done. 
It's not because of our greatness. It's not because of our goodness. It's because of everything that Christ done for us. And he's given us access by faith into this grace where we stand. Now, what grace are we standing on? On the gospel grace, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have access. You have access. I have access. By faith. That's the only way I have it. By faith into this grace. In other words, God said, you don't have to, you don't have to work for it. You don't have to, you don't have to fight for it. You have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Because if you think about it, what Christ given us is a free gift. It is nothing we can pay for it. It's nothing we can do to earn it. He freely gives us the gift of life. All we have to do is believe what he's done and accept what Jesus done. And we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Watch this. And rejoice. So that gives us a great reason to rejoice. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. In other words, it's all about the glory of God. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We thank God for such so such access by faith into this grace. We thank God, oh God, I'm saved because of you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. It's what you've done for me, the reason why that I can say I, I, I got access to this grace. It's what you've done for me, Lord, the reason why I'm even called to preach the gospel. That's why Paul said, I am what I am by the grace given unto me. In other words, he recognizes all by the grace of God, I am what I am. And that grace that you gave me, that you bestowed upon me, Paul said, was not in vain. In other words, God's whole purpose is, is to save you and deliver you and give you access, access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. You know, God is, is certainly really trying to help his people because we as Christians, and, and many people we have been so we have been so judgmental or we're so condemning because we don't understand of uh, access by by grace into this faith wherein we stand so christ was saying therefore paul was speaking in here therefore being justified by faith we have peace with god now we know god is not giving us right to sin or to do wrong, that's why he give us grace so we can put faith in Jesus. But we have to know that we have access by this grace, by faith, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. It's the glory of God, the reason why we rejoice in hope. Because we know it's all to the glory of God. Everything that is happening in your life, every time God giving you a knowledge or wisdom or revelation, or he's freeing you from any captivity or any bondage, to him always be the glory. The glory, we can rejoice in the hope of that glory. Because the glory is to the glory of God. Now, watch this here. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Also, in other words, in everything that we do, we glory in it. We glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations working patience. You know, when you begin to know the promises of God, you know that you know that irregardless of whatever a child of God is going through, it's all working for the glory of God. Because even in the midst of tribulation, it's working patience. In the midst of it all, it teaches us how to wait on God. We trust God. We know that we can rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We know also that in tribulations, what tribulations is really doing, it's working patience. And patience is, and then he says, knowing that tribulation, working patience. And patience experience. And experience hope. And verse 5 says, and hope make us not ashamed. How many know it's so good to know that we have a lively hope? He has begotten us again unto a lively hope 
by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, by Christ rising from the dead, that gives us a lively hope. Our hope is sure, it's steadfast. Our hope is an anchor to our soul. We know that as he lives, we shall live also. And we know that he forever lives to make intercession for the saints. So therefore, he says, and hope make not a shame. In other words, hope make not a shame. If you didn't have anything to hope for or you didn't have anything to believe, then I was certain to be ashamed. But hope make not a shame. He said, because the love of God, see, it's the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So it's the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts. Thank God that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Now, notice what he says here in verse 6. He said, for when we were yet without strength. So there was a time in all of our lives we was yet without strength. We didn't have any strength. And the Bible says, because how I many know it's not about our, it's not about natural strength. Because the Bible tells a man don't glory in his strength. Or not a man to glory in his, in his, in, in his wisdom or in his own self. It's all based upon one thing. God seen a time when he knew we were without any strength. We was also like aliens. We was in the world. We was like without God in the world, without any hope, as the Bible speaks concerning the Gentiles. They were without God at one time in the world. But then all of a sudden, for when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. So there's a due time. When Christ died and he died for the ungodly. In other words, because he saw we was without strength. And when we were without strength, it was a due time that Christ died for the ungodly. Then he says, verse 7, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But verse 8, but God commended his love toward us. And I want you to keep that in mind. God commended his love. Toward us, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What greater love if any man than this, that a man, the Bible said, would lay down his life for his friends. So therefore, when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for us. And then he says, verse 8, but God commended his love. See, he commended his own love toward us in that. In that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified. Now, notice they there. Much more than being justified by his blood. I mean, no, we are justified by his blood. We shall be saved from the wrath of him. So, therefore, we're saved from the wrath through him. We're saved from the anger of God. We're saved from the, the, the wrath of God. And we're saved from the wrath of God through him. Because we're justified. We're justified by his blood. The blood that Jesus shed. And the Bible said, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So therefore, we're justified by his blood. And I want you to catch that in your mind, in your heart, and in your spirit. You are justified by his blood. And when we're justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. And then he tells us, for if we, if when we were enemies, notice something, there was a time that we were enemies. When we was enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. So when we was an enemy, we was reconciled to God by the death of his son, which is Jesus Christ. So what was the whole purpose and the whole ministry of, of Jesus? What did Jesus, what did, what did even the apostle Paul teach us? God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Causing people to come back and to harmony with God. Let them know that they can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. When we was enemies, 
God. Yet and still, when we were enemy, we were reconciled to God by the death of the Son. Much more being reconciled. Now, much more being reconciled. Reconcile is the same as being bringing things into harmony with. In other words, it was at one time we was the enemies of God. We was displeasing to God. But through Jesus Christ and through the blood of Jesus Christ, God reconciled us through the death of his son. And through the death of his son being reconciled, we shall be saved by what? Now we're saved by his life. So we're being reconciled to God through the death of his son and we'll be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have received the atonement. He says in verse 12, wherefore by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. So one man by one man's sin Sin entered into the world and death did what? Death by sin. So death came in by sin. And so death passed upon all men. That means all men had sinned because of, because of the sin had entered into the world. And we all was of that same Adam, Adam night nature. And because of that same nature, we all became sinners. And so death passed upon all men for for that all have sinned. Now, if all men had sinned, then we needed a God that could commend his love toward us while we was yet sinners. And Christ died for the ungodly, which Christ was a man that had to come and he came. And when Christ came, he came, we know, to redeem us from the curse of all, but he came to make a way for sinful man to be able to be reconciled back to God through his death. So man can come back in the right relationship. So now that Christ has died for us and, 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 and we receive Christ, then that means you're reconciled to God through the death of his Not by your own works, not by something that you can do. Not by how you feel or what you think or none, none of that. None of that, none of that makes you the righteousness of God. None of that does. What makes us righteous with God is because we believe what Christ has done for us by faith and we are made the righteous of God and, and have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Now, watch this very carefully. And he tells us, wherefore, as by one man sin, sin entered into, into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Now, I want you to hold that thought, and let's go over to Romans, the seventh chapter. Romans, the seventh chapter. Because I'm trying to get to the place that I can get people to see there, the difference between um, having our own righteousness and the righteousness which is by faith. See, the righteousness which is by faith is when we, when we believe what Jesus done. That makes us the righteousness of God by faith in what Christ done. Not righteousness based upon what we done. Righteousness based upon what Christ done. And I pray that many people, you catch this and you understand it, and you will find it will free you from the, the guilt and the burdens and, and a lot of the things that got you under so much stress and pressure because what's happening to us is people are doing everything they can think of. I did so many stupid things in my life. Stupid not trying to do them. Just did them because I thought it was the right thing to do. And a lot of times we was one doing them and establishing our own way of righteousness. And it wasn't the righteousness of God, you know, of, of overdoing things and thinking that God wasn't pleased. And let's not do all this. Or I do all that. And you come to find out it's that wasn't the problem. The problem is, is because I didn't understand it wasn't all the performances and work that I could do could make me righteous. It was faith in Jesus Christ that made me righteous. Now, we do things because we love the Lord, but we have to be very careful that we don't think it's because of what we did that made us anymore, that make God love us anymore. Christ did what he did while we were yet sinners. That's why the Bible said when we were yet without strength. So it lets us know it wasn't nothing of our own. It was what he done when we were yet without strength. Christ died for us. 
or he commended also his love toward us. Now, listen very, very careful. Verse chapter seven, verse one. Know ye not, brethren. So we know as he's talking to we as Christians because he called us brethren. He said, for I speak to them that know the law. How that the law have the dominion over man as long as he lived. So let's just use something to paraphrase this a little bit. A law has dominion over man. Dominion means authority, power over him. As long as that man is alive, I mean, no, I mean, no, as long as that person is alive, it's some law that he got to abide by. That law got some type of dominion or authority over him as long as he lives it. But if that man ever dies and once he's dead, that law has no more authority and no more power of him because he's dead to that law. He's not on those type of rules and regulations no more. And I pray that many of y'all catch this. It's the same thing when we come to the knowledge and we come to the knowledge that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior. And as you come to that knowledge that he's your Lord and your Savior, you realize you realize that now I'm under a new order. I'm under a new dispensation. I'm not under that old law, just like the old Mosaic law. I'm not bound by that law no more. But as long as a man living, he's he's he, he know. And as long as a man speak to them, he said, "I speak to them that know the law." And watch this here: how that the law has a man over man as long as he living. Amen. Now that was a question that Paul was asking the Romans. Then he goes to verse two: For a man which hath an husband is bound by the. I mean, the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lived. Now, so how many know, if a woman has a husband, according to the law, she's not, she's she's obligated to the law of her husband as long as her husband lives. She's obligated to do things for him. I mean, it's vice versa. The man is obligated to do things for his wife. We don't try to have no messed up messages here. We let people know one thing. God, but this is what Paul was speaking here, to bring for a point to let people know, she is this woman, which hath in her knows on which she hath a husband, is bound by the law to her husband. That means she's bound by the law to her husband. She's under the obligations to minister to her husband as long as her husband is alive. That's what Paul was bringing out here, but he was bringing this out to show something to us concerning the law. As long as we under a certain law, we're bound to that law until we dead to that law. And we be, become dead to that law by the body of Christ and through Christ Jesus. So I pray that you catch this because what he's saying, for the woman which has the husband is bound by the law of her husband so long as he lived. So quite naturally, most of you all know this, you under some obligation to your husband as long as he's alive. You're under obligation to help do things, cook, wash clothes, do different stuff. I'm just saying you're under the obligation of a law. We all are, as long as he's living. Paul was using this to show the, 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 the power that the law has on any of us as long as we still living and abiding by that law. That law has not been, we're not dead to that law yet. So, let me take you just a little further and you'll be maybe again to understand a little more what I'm saying. But if the but if the husband be dead, now how many of y'all know this? If someone is dead, you're not bound to them no more. You're not bound to their law. You ain't under no dominion, no authority under them anymore. Why? Because they are dead. They're no longer living. So he says, so he says. But if the husband did, she is loose from the law of her husband. In other words, she's loose from the law of her husband. She's not under any more obligations to him because he's dead. She couldn't serve him, no way, because he's dead. But we know quite naturally, if she marries again or she gets a new husband, now she will be under some more she will be under some uh, under new set of laws and rules with a new husband. 
So this is what Paul was bringing out. He was using the husband and the wife here to, to describe to us about the law, to let us know that as long as her husband was living, she was bound to the law of her husband as long as he's alive. But if the husband be dead, then she's loose from the law of her husband. Then he says in verse 8, so then while her husband lived, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, I want you to catch it. If her husband be dead, she is free from that law. In other words, once the husband dies, she's free from that law. Because now she's under the obligation. She's not under the, his obligations anymore. She's dead. Her husband is dead. She's no longer bound by the law of her husband. He says, so that she is no adulterer. That means now she's no adulterer because what it is, she's free. Now, many of y'all may say, where, where am I going with this? And what is, what is the preacher really trying to say to us? What I'm trying to say to you, we've been bound by many things, bound by many laws. But when Christ come, he came to make you free from the law. And he freed you. And when you became free from the law, then that means you could unite and now be married to Christ. You're not under that old law, that old Mosaic law, where they had to do all the ceremonial laws and they had to do all types of, it was moral laws and different laws that they had. You know, they, they brought all different types of sacrifices, animal sacrifices, and all different types of sacrifices and offerings. All that under that dispensation and under those laws, we're dead to that. How do we become dead to it? Through Jesus Christ. Therefore, we become dead to it by what Christ done and us putting our faith in what he done. And therefore, when I, if I took you back to Romans, the fifth chapter, you'll recognize and realize that therefore being justified by faith. So it's faith that justified you to have peace with God through Jesus. You can have that peace with God of of. Of, of, because the ceremony laws and the moral law, all those things would do was actually they was all leading us to Christ. They only was a type and a shadow of the good things to come. Now, listen very, very carefully. And I pray that many of us would catch and understand what the Lord is trying to tell us. So he says, verse three, she is free from the from that from that law. So that she no adulteress. Though she be married to another man. Now, what is saying here? If she's if, if the first the husband died and she married again, so she what made her free? She was free because the husband was, was dead. And if the husband died, then she's no longer bound by the law to that husband anymore. Now, I'm not saying this to bring condemnation to anybody because that's not what it's about, even though we know hey, the word of God never changes. But thank be to God for Jesus Christ that God through Christ Jesus has forgiven many of us that has come to him. So he can't condemn us if he's forgiven us. He cannot possibly condemn us. Many people would want to think so, but he, he cannot. He can't condemn you if you are truly have asked him to forgive you for no matter what has happened in the past. But I'm talking to you concerning, concerning uh, Christ, and I'm talking to you concerning Christ, the righteousness of God, and the law. That's what I'm trying to show you, the point. The point is this. He says in verse four, wherefore, my brother, ye also. Now, listen, very careful what he's saying. Wherefore, my brother, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. See how he brings it out. You become dead to the law by the body of Christ. And therefore, you don't have to go through all these performances trying to be accepted of God. What you have to have now is have faith in God, faith in what Jesus done. Know that the work is really already finished. Now, what we do is receive it and believe it. Even though it's already finished, that don't mean we stop praying, we stop reading that Bible, we stop trusting God. But we do rest in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in hope of God's glory because everything is to the glory of God. If it was by my own power, my own works, I could do it, then I could glory and honor myself. But I can't do that because it's all only to what Christ done. 
So the Jewish people were study trying to, 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 to be accepted based upon their own works of righteousness. Other than them recognize it, it's all by what Christ done that making us the righteous of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ. All you have to do is just believe what he's done for you and trust that and believe that and act on that and speak that. I, I even have greater things, uh, much greater things to go into as God would give these messages. But because we need to know more than ever, these are the things that makes me free. These are the things, that, you know, sometimes you can trust in everything and trust in you know, got to do it like this. this is why we have so many different denominations, so many different different organizations, so many different beliefs here. But when it really comes down to it, it's not for one way to truly believe. And that's to believe that Jesus Christ has finished everything for us. And we believe that by faith. And we continue on to know the Lord and we grow in that grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the reason why we have such a battle with it, because that seems like, oh, my God, that just got to be too easy. Well, it is easy, really. It is. It really is easy. Because of all the struggles and the fights in your mind. You know, Jesus said one time, by taking thought, you can't add one cubit to your stature. Did you ever think about when you get through thinking and worrying yourself to death? You know, sometimes, sometimes as we grow and mature and you get burnt out, you finally realize, you know, I just need to stop worrying myself about this. And if you ever came to the point of when you when you got the word about you can change the situation. Well, I'm here to tell you the only thing that can change the situation Neil, is when you change and start believing what Jesus Christ said, what the word of God really said. When you start trusting in yourself and stop uh, uh, having faith in your own righteousness and your own self and trust that it's his righteousness. Christ has already died for us. He's already died for our sins. He's already looking by his stripes. We are already healed. And I know many of y'all say, well, I'm going through something. Look, you still have to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why? Because the word is not us. Where? Not us where? It's in our mouth, the word of faith, which we preach. The Bible said a man believe in his heart, and then he confessed with his mouth, and he said, thou shalt be saved. So it's a heart thing that you believe. You believe what Jesus Christ has done. You believe what the word of God is teaching you. And then you confess with your mouth and you shall be saved. That's how salvation comes to anybody. It comes first, belief in the heart. It comes by out of the mouth. Confession is made unto salvation. So therefore, listen to this very carefully. Wherefore, my brother, in verse 4, Ye also, notice it said, ye also. I wonder why Paul addressed the Romans this way, but you, when you think about it, why he said, my brethren, ye also are become dead. Why? Because he wanted them to know, y'all have become dead to the law by the body of Christ. And you know, the more that God bless us men and women of God, with the more knowledge and revelation and wisdom that God give us, it's no more than by right that God will touch our hearts because he, because that's what we open for for him to for him to use us to release or to let go what he's made known to us because he he won't I want my brethren to know also that you you also are dead to the law by the body of Christ you're no longer bound by those 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 laws and those rules and regulations uh under the old mosaic law or under that dispensation you're free from that law, just as the woman was free from the law of her husband once he's dead because she's no longer obligated to him. She's dead. She's, I mean, he's dead. So she can't be obligated to something that's dead. When we become dead to something, you're no longer obligated to that. So Christ come to put an end to that. To bring in the new dispensation. That we can trust and believe by faith in him, not based upon our own works and our own performances that make us righteous, but the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ. It what makes us in a right standing with God. Listen, dearly beloved. I want to read verse four one more time. Wherefore, my brother, you also are become dead to the law by the Bible. That you should be married. Notice it. That you should be married. We know married means to be united or in a 
covenant relationship so that you might be married to another. Now that you're, in, you're dead to the law by the body of Christ, now you're free to marry another. You don't have to be bound by that no more. You don't have to be bound under that dispensation no more. It's time, children of God, that God wants you free from that law. No longer in bondage. No longer bound. You know, because, you know, you know, you can you can wear yourself down and wear yourself out and feel bound about everything. I felt so many times when I felt bad because I couldn't do all this that somebody else think I want, I, they want me to do. I couldn't do all that. I couldn't do all that. And, and, and I'm not talking about things that you're obligated to do. I'm talking about that there are some things you, you I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to be here. I got to be there. I got to be there. And you cannot do that. That don't make you righteous. What makes you righteous is because of what Christ done and you set your heart and believe that and confess that with your mouth and confession unto salvation. Out of your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. What is Christ doing? He's freeing you from that. You think by all means, I got to be, do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to go here. I got to go there. I got to, I got to do everything. If I don't meet it, person's need. I'm, I just feel guilty. And God does not want us to feel guilty for things that he didn't call you to do. There are duties and obligations we all got to do, but he don't want us to feel guilty for some things you cannot do nothing about. Or you can't be everywhere at one time. It just can't happen. Now, listen to this very careful. And you check this out and you read, read this and you study it again. And I know God going to get more and more on it. And we will be talking about it because God is steady of uh, uh, giving us more grace, more wisdom, more knowledge and uh, things to do, things to speak, things to be a blessing. So the body of Christ can know that they are dead to the law. We're dead to the law by the body of Christ. And we're free. We was free to marry another. That means we married to Christ Jesus now. We're free from all that ceremonial stuff. We're free from all that, uh, those moral, all those different sacrifices they had to make. Then. Because Christ offered a sacrifice, which was his own body, his own self. And he made one sacrifice and offering for us once and forever. So therefore, we could no longer be under all those laws and obligation to bring us into some type of guilt feeling all the time. Because if you're guilty of something, you don't feel free. And Christ wants his people to feel free. Listen to this very comfortable beloved. The Bible says in verse um, five, for when we were in the flesh, notice something, no, I'm sorry. Verse, I didn't finish verse four. Wherefore, my brother, we also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead. Notice that, so we know it's talking about Jesus Christ. We're married to him. We're married to the one that was raised from the dead, that we should bring forth what? Now we can bring forth fruit unto God. We can bring forth fruit that remains. That's what Jesus told his disciples. He said, he says, I want y'all to, to go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. So God wants us dearly beloved. He wants us to bring forth fruit in this hour. Fruit that's going to rip. Fruit unto God. See, fruit unto God. Not the fruit that withers, withers not the fruit of ourselves, but the fruit from God, a fruit, your yeah, fruit, the fruit unto God. So this is what God wants us to do. And dearly beloved, I pray that many of you all have gotten blessed in the word of the Lord tonight, because I know truly that Jesus Christ loves you and want to bless you. He truly want to bless you. Where can I go? There's songs sometimes you say, where can I go but to the Lord? And I want you to think about it. Where can you go but to the Lord? 
when it seems like everything is going, this world is just all out of order. Everything is going crazy. Where can you go but to the Lord? Who and who only can just justify you? Who can sanctify you? And who can glorify you? But your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who can help you but Jesus right now? No matter how messed up things it's been, no matter how bad it's been in your life, who but Jesus can save? Who can you call on in the times of troubles, or crises, or things that's happening but Jesus? No one else can justify you. No one else died for you. Christ is the one that laid down his life. A lamb without spot, without any blemishes. He was a perfect offering and sacrifice for our sins. Thank be to God through Jesus Christ that you can rejoice in hope tonight of the glory of God, that you can be made whole and free. And I just want to pray this prayer with you tonight. Ask each and every one of you, please be a blessing to the ministry. It's the ministry of Jesus. It's the ministry of reconciliation. And I know that if we love God, we love his word, then we want to be a participant, a partaker, and help spread in the gospel to a dying world, to a world that need life, a world that need hope, and that hope is only in Christ. So we ask each and every one of you that listen, please continue to support and heal. If you heard words to that pricking your heart, that's touching you, then I'm, I'm sure and certain to you that someone else need the same words. And I know that God is speaking to the hearts of some people to say, hey, look, let's help the ministry of Jesus Christ. Let's help the gospel of Jesus. Let's help this gospel of grace that needs to go around the world and talk to many souls and many people and give people hope when it looked like it's against hope. That's what the Bible said that Abraham, he said when it was against hope, he believed in hope. And he was strong in his faith, giving glory to God. See, he was strong in his faith and that, that glory he was given, he was giving it to God by him being strong in his faith. Be strong in your faith in this hour. Trust God. You would never lose anything. God would never fail you. That same Jesus that rose up from the dead can take care of your every need. That same Savior, that same one, if he had power to lay his life down and he had power to get it up again, he has enough power and authority for each and every one of you to take care of every matter and every need you have. So I want you to exercise your gift of faith in supporting and helping this ministry. Many of you all know that we have now a TV ministry, VTN, Sunday night at 1130. And we need your support to stay on the air, to be able to minister to so many other souls out there and to do whatever God has chosen us to do to help reach this dying world. We can't do it all because it's not by our own works or own power, but we can do what God has put before us. We can finish the work that he gave us to do. And so therefore I'm asking you to help be a partner. Pray, Talk to God and ask him, God, where do you want me to support and give supporting offers? And many of you all that goes to the Church of Souls Outreach Ministry, please invite and tell others to listen to the gospel. Listen to the preachings, the teaching. Encourage them to come to church, to the house of God, that they can hear and they, they can get more and more of God's word so they can grow and mature. They can save not only their lives, but those that hear them. They can save their families, loved ones, and friends. Please take these things and consider them in your heart. And I pray that God will continue to bless you. Also, if you are one of those, are you listening tonight? And you in the Little Rock area, my son, Marcus Stevenson, Apostle Marcus Stevenson, Jr., is preaching 
and God used them in such a great and a dynamic way. Please go there and let the word of God bless you. Right off Pike Avenue. And uh, God will bless you. Get on our Facebook. We're on Facebook. Um, we Facebook tonight and we also podcasting. But we, are, we want you to get on our Facebook. Write us also a letter. We will be... We will be sharing some our PO boxes and address. And we also want you to write us and tell us what God is doing for you through the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray God bless you tonight and we thank you for listening. And this is Apostle Marcus Stevenson saying on behalf of himself and First Lady Victoria and all of our family. God bless you, and we love you until we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you.